0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming!
1: Hey now, and welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe, right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, hey, some surprises this week, but some really great. Oh yeah, games, but some surprises on the WNBA front.
2: One, that I mean, one pretty really, close to know, home. I
1: don't know if "surprise" is the right word. Well, help me out. Is it? A, was it a surprise?
2: So Mike Memphis. Tebow, if, if you don't know, I, I assume you know, Tell uh, him. considering you're watching this podcast or listening to <laughs> us on YouTube or Twitter or uh, Apple Podcasts, however you podcast, we hope you're hearing it mm-hmm. out. But uh, Mike Tebow has stepped down as the head coach of the Washington Mystics. Uh, he will now be the team's GM and yeah. only the team's GM. Yeah. His son, Eric, will take over the head coaching oh, spot Uh Latoya Sanders actually moves up one spot on the bench and Maria Giovanetta moves up a little bit in the front yeah. office doing more basketball stuff in addition to her like millions of roles on the team and pretty much everyone I mentioned has been with the organization for 10 plus years um and you've been around these people so much so yeah it, it was a little bit of a shock okay but I don't know I I feel pretty comfortable I don't know about you
1: no, absolutely. And I think when I said surprise, I kind of had to catch myself. I don't know if I use the proper word because Mike Tebow has been grooming Eric Tebow for this moment. Yeah. And he's beyond ready um, for this next step as the head coach of the Washington Mystics. But I, I say surprise because it was a Tuesday and it was just like the randomness of the news like popping. And yeah. Uh, think that the moment was a surprise, but the circumstance was not a surprise, if that makes sense. So um, obviously, you know, all the emotions for me uh, came streaming through uh, my eyeballs. Uh, it doesn't take much for me when I'm when I'm truly <laughs> touched. And honestly, just uh, just the, the reverence of Mike Tebow and what he's been able to do over the course of his long tenured and successful career. Three times he was named WNBA Coach of the Year, the longest winning streak—I don't want to say streak, but the most wins in WNBA history. The uh, winning WNBA champ. Yes, yes. WNBA champion in 2019 with the Mystics, and you know several runs to the finals uh, with Connecticut, and so and with Washington to the year. Before. So, it was, for me, I mean that's family to me, you know, and to see that happen. Um, it was touching. I, I can't say it any other way. A- and, you know, sometimes you're allowed to be um, sad for the ending of things, but in that same breath and thought, you can also be thrilled for the next chapter for both Eric and Mike Tebow. And, you know, Mike uh, said on the press conference the other day, he said, you know, I received so many texts, it was pretty much overwhelming, but I think people thought that I would be, you know, picking up golf and like not doing <laughs> anything else. And he's like, no. I'm still general manager, so he has had that role for years with Washington. So that's not an adjustment or something new for him. And, and he said he had um, history with um, player personnel and and all of that throughout his career in the CBA, or the old CBA, and um, the NBA and and all of that. So he said he's always had a, a really strong interest in what. But- being a GM entails so that's nothing new for him but for Eric wow I'm just I'm thrilled for him and I know you are too you guys are buds and it's it's just um just an amazing passing of the torch if you will in terms of uh, of that role but we've seen in practices right with the with the mystics that you know he's totally hands-on sometimes he's out there running around too um you know, just demonstrating, you know, switches and um, how things are going to be handled in the games uh, defensively, offensively. So it's, that's, I mean, he's ready. That's, yeah. It's not like a big adjustment for him either.
2: I mean, I think it will be an adjustment because of what you're saying. Like, cause we do see him on the court all the time. I asked yeah. him about that. He's, you know, uh, yeah. he's uh, like, I'm not going to be able to stop myself from doing that. Cause that's <laughs> part of the big fun of being a coach. Right. So, right. Uh, but I think it will be an adjustment for him. Um, you know, just in listening to some other coaches who have made that leap, you know, going yeah. from assistant coach to head coach, oh, yeah. uh, Mike McDaniel, the new dolphins coach. I feel like I've talked about him a few times. Like he, he talked really eloquently about like the differences between an assistant coach and a head coach. I think, especially in basketball, um, yeah. you know, when you can have a rapport with the players, it's very different. So it'll be a learning curve. It'll be different. And obviously Mike, you know, Mike Tebow's Mike Tebow. You said it winning coach, uh, in WNBA history, 16 WNBA playoff appearances, most ever. Um, Uh I, so the, the mystics had had, uh, I want, I just wrote this article, Gabe, I believe they had only had one or two playoff series victories, uh, uh, before before he got there. And now they have six playoff series victories, including the WNBA finals. So, you know, Mike, Mike made the program, but Eric was there for all of that. And so I think it is like you're saying, you know, I I think it'll be fine, um, Mm -hmm. going forward in terms of, you know, the continuity, I don't think it'll be that different. Right. Um, but man, it, it is crazy to think, you know, uh, back on on how much Mike Tebow is meant to this franchise and to the sport. I mean,
1: yes, a 43
2: yeah. year coaching career. Mm. Uh, and, and you guys can read this article. It's going to come out on Bullets Forever, hopefully today at some point. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he was with the Lakers. Yeah. Right. When they got Magic Johnson.
1: Yes. My like God. He was
2: with the Bulls right when they got Michael Jordan. MJ. He was with the Sun, the Connecticut Sun, when they got Tina Charles. Yeah. And he was with the Washington Mystics when they got Elena Daladon. So it's like where this guy goes, great players tend to follow. Yeah. Um, no. And and he, you know, as you mentioned, he was a scout for those LA and Chicago teams and helped build those championship teams. So, you know, him just moving, you know, he he has been doing the GM stuff already. Yeah. Um, So it's yeah. just going to be that, that focus for him. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think it's interesting, but man, you know. <laughs> Christy, I don't, I don't want to venture into uh, get into potential emotional areas.
1: No, I'm good. So,
2: well, I was just thinking, like, you know, his, his, his. Uh, he said, and Mike said in this pre- in the press conference, like, my wife asked me, "Why are you giving up the job that you like the most?" And it's just like it kind of hit me, like, man, like, yeah. I, I think, I think this was honestly somewhat of a pragmatic choice for Mike. The timing mm-hmm. of it, just because you looked around the WNBA, there was a lot of head coaching so openings. And yeah. I'm, I, if if Eric was not told that he was going to have this opportunity in the future, he probably would not have been on the staff to take right. this opportunity now. So I do think some of it was, you know, Hey, we got We got to do this for Eric soon because he's going to get hired somewhere else. If we don't do this now, we're going to lose him. And their plan kind of falls right. apart. Yeah. So it, it, I just kind of mm-hmm. felt like, you know, man, this is great. It's, I'm happy for everyone. But there mm-hmm. was like some part of me, was like, man, you know I, I I wish it wasn't like this. i wish I wish Mike could keep going, but I understand it from the organizational perspective
1: right. And now I know after you've posed the the thought in the question why well, you thought it would drum up some emotion in <laughs> me because of the decision I had to make to leave coaching uh, this year and and it's hard, man, because it, it's you know, for as much as you say coaching or or playing basketball even is not who you are. it's what you do. but Man, sometimes it's interwoven, mm-hmm. Gabe, and sometimes it is who you are. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna get all caught up
2: emotionally. <laughs> oh, it
1: almost got me. Well, up. he
2: gets—he does get to be in the building, right? He so does it's get not to be
1: in the building.
2: You get to be in the building. It is—it is. I imagine gonna be different for him, but
1: it's oh. a lot, man. I'm—you t- know—there's an adjustment for everyone. I don't yeah. care. Like it—it it is. You're—you're. You're, your DNA, right? right? It's in you to coach. It's in you to, to motivate and encourage, but also strategize and put your team in the best opportunities um, in the best situations to win. And, and that doesn't just mean win games. That means mm-hmm. like win the draft, <laughs> win the roster, right? Put the pieces together properly to, to build a successful organization and that's what Mike Tebow has done over the last 10 years and obviously the 10 years before that when he was with Connecticut so um, I don't know it, it is an adjustment but sometimes you just have to you know if you're reading a book I mean you don't stay on the same chapter from the beginning to the end there, there, there's an evolution throughout that book there are different things that happen and uh, you just have to kind of roll with the punches and, and take what that next chapter gives you and Sometimes it is the unknown, like kind of how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes it is the unknown and you're kind of every day making adjustments and feeling your way through it. And, and it is different, but it doesn't mean it's wrong or bad. It just means that it's different and you just have to figure out how to navigate. So I know Coach Thibault is going to be, I mean, obviously he's going to be in the gym um, and he's going to be right there, you know, choosing players and, and being his uh, general manager self, which he has been masterful at. Um, over the last 10 years uh, made big choices and I think it's you have to respect him for that Um, and we do want things to stay the same we really do like in life just in general but sometimes you know the the greatest accomplishments or the greatest achievements come when you're uncomfortable you know when there are changes that have been made so look at me preaching to myself but anyway I can (laughs) go on and on but I'm telling myself that but I'm also saying you know for the fans you know I know they're thrilled for mike i know they're thrilled for eric um but it, it it's a great opportunity for both of them to stretch and learn and grow um in this new chapter with the mystics and you know i'm here for it
2: yeah hopefully, hopefully mike does get a little golfing though because eventually <laughs> that is the plan to go and do whatever else with your time i don't know if you want to golf. but it is kind of hard to golf in, in dc to be I, honest uh but shouts to some some of our uh, our streamers did we ever make a, a name for a courtside team?
1: No, but you know
2: what? I, I was in uh Chicago this week for the Notre
1: Dame Northwestern oh, women's basketball game. And oh are. my gosh, if you're watching, I t- I can't remember his name because I, I had a um early morning flight. I didn't sleep that night and my body clock is still messed up. Um but if you're watching, I told you to go ahead and chime in and say yeah. something to us. But we have we had a fan in Chicago. It oh. says, I watched you and Gabe. I should have videoed it, and we could have plugged it in. On we it. could have put it on the show. Darn it!
2: Um, Comment mystery yep. mystery person. Uh, and hi to Braden. <laughs> hi to Dano, uh, our yeah. favorite folks.
1: Hey y'all.
2: Dan- Dano yeah, was is so pumped. Yeah. He he. Uh, so Dano, I I don't know if folks have been paying attention, but Dano and the folks over at uh, Spread the Floor, our our betting branch here, uh, oh. in her hoops, that's have have literally been crushing it, like they they would have made you a ton of money if you were subscribed to their products and listening to them i'm not not just saying that because we work here like, right they made a ton of money but uh dan dano was saying that he was uh he had bet on uh notre dame i believe and and just hearing you call the game made it that much better as his bets started coming through because notre dame started to pull away in that game um so he he, he was pumped and and i can't say enough go if you like betting Spread the floor for women's basketball right now is going to be an amazing uh, product for you. Oh, uh, there's a comment.
1: Like Dano said something. Yeah.
2: Dan- Dano said, you saw you saying how much ha- how much happier he was hearing oh. your voice during the Notre Dame <laughs> game. So, I mean, okay. Hey, um, no, so let's, do we have anything else to talk about with the mystics? Like, I, I'm trying to think because really, like, like we said, like this is not going to be a different philosophy. No. Um, no. They they don't have you know we're we're not going to see a big yeah. change in the offense. I no, think no. Eric's I Eric's uh, offensive philosophy comes from Mike, and you know they learned right. it through that. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a big change of personnel. Everyone's around. I don't think there's going to be a big change defensively either. Maybe maybe just a little bit more Latoya Sanders influence. Which <laughs> hey, right. let's keep doing that. That sounds like a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, awesome. And, and associate and, you know, head
1: coach, associate head coach for Latoya.
2: Which you know t- typically means you're next in line for something, and uh-huh. uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully we get to, we get to hold on to her for a few more years. I know, uh, <laughs> but she she's going to be controlling defense. But I don't expect much change. You look at the salary cap right now for the Mystics. I mean, Don, uh Natasha Cloud, hines Allen, Ariel Atkins, yeah, and Shakir Austin, all under contract for next year. Now yeah. that seems to be your starting five, right? Okay, yeah. The choices come in the bench area and in the draft area. So they okay. have a the number four pick and and some bench players and obviously Alicia Clark's on on, on the yeah. free agency market, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Williams on the free agency market. What what would you think like would help um, as an addition in terms of position? Cause it, it's it's tough to yeah. see where they're gonna come from, where it's gonna come from the free agency mm-hmm. or the draft. But what would be something that you would want for this team for Eric going forward?
1: Sure thing. Uh, that's a great question because, you know, you're looking at what happened with Shakira Austin and in the media day and the training camp last year prior to the WNBA season, it was like, well, you know, she'll, she'll spot check some minutes, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the season. And then she turned out to be on the all rookie team, um, no. was up for rookie of the year. Um, so I think the way that she, the way Shakira Austin exploded, you know, it makes me rethink what the necessary pieces are moving forward for Washington. And I would say uh, a shooter, a shooting guard, who can be consistent, who can stretch the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, Cloud's gonna find you, honey. She's gonna find you. Um, Had a career best seven assists this past WNBA season, is playing in the AU league right now and is in the front offices with that as well, which I'd love to see um, all these phenomenal women leading Mm -hmm. leagues like that. I'm all for that. Um, But I just think, Cloud's going to be able to set the table up for a spread offense that Washington loves to run. Yes. They like to find Elena Della on that left block and let her wheel and deal and two man game. Um, but at the same time, I think they need a bona fide score. Right. Yeah. And is it Kristen Williams who comes back from injury? Is it, you know, is it someone else who they can pick up at the number four spot in the WNBA draft? What is that going to look like? So I think for me, I think it's going to be a perimeter based decision. And that's just my guess, no insider information, just my personal observation. I I think that's what it's going to be. I think, you know, with Shakira Austin doing what she did last year, I think that's gonna free up some some post work that Mm -hmm. Elena Deladon will have to do. I think Deladon can stretch the floor a little bit as well and run some more at the three. Maisha Hines-Allen can stay on the block or vice versa, right? I think they have some versatility there, but I'm looking for them to get a, a two guard yeah a a two or three but with the ability to be a two and d or three and (laughs) d capabilities got to be able to knock down the the three-pointer got to be able to be consistent with it um but you also with how washington played defense i was calling it turnstile defense last year on the perimeter they've got to be able to lock down they've got to be able to get some kills on defense they've got to be able to get those stops and and contain the elbow areas and no penetration yeah. to the nail, like period. And there's no, <laughs> there's no, there's gonna be no excuse if that can't get done. So I don't care if you can score the ball, you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to stop somebody too.
2: Yeah, no, and I, they will be you know, I, I think, um, at this point, you got you have Ariel Atkins and Natasha Cloud mm-hmm. on the perimeter, and you got Shakira Austin in the paint. Like, yeah, the defense is gonna be fine. Uh, you got those three, I, I think that defense is yeah. gonna be You'll fine. Be all who else is around now? Now, Alicia Clark was a big part of the perimeter uh, scheme, and you know I don't know if she'll be back. Um, I'm listening. She did. She, she she struggled with some injuries, but you know I'm, I'm get. She was a she's been around this off season. Same with Elizabeth Williams. Like yes, they've been around the team um, because they're they're under contract until December. Basically, that's how it works. Right. Um, so I don't know if that means they are going to come back, but I think both those players would, would bring nice people to bring back, but I'm with you. I think uh, the big addition for the team should be someone who can score on yeah. the perimeter. I, I'm not, you know, I think two or three would be great, but at the same time, in a lot of matchups, you're going to mm-hmm. be able to play Natasha cloud and Ari Lakin's ostensibly at the two and three defensively okay. And then offensively, you can figure it out. Um, but in, in the ideal world, my Allen is the three. So it's just in certain matchups, okay. she's not going to have the speed to be the three. Ho- hopefully she can be depending the three. upon. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But wings are hard to find. Right. So it's like, Hey, if that, you know, if a player like Diamond Miller's in the draft, great. Um, Which that she day. will be. Well, yeah, but she may not be there. She may not be there when she may picking. be though. She may will be. be and she may... Like,
1: let's talk about that. Talk about that. Would that be the piece?
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Why well, don't tr- I don't trust, I don't trust Diamond Miller to, be a championship level piece at this point she she's a college player first off and she's been hurt uh, a good chunk of her career i I don't think she's the type of player who's gonna come in and make that sort of immediate impact um i think and and frankly i I think she could but i don't believe i wouldn't bet on any draftee doing that this year except for alia boss and last year i said there's only two players if you recall ryan howard and melissa smith were the two players that can make an immediate impact i was wrong i was wrong yeah clearly i was wrong so don't don't take that. That's just my opinion, but I do think someone like that would be really helpful—a player mm-hmm. in the Diamond Miller sort of way—if she can prove herself. I have them picking J.C. Sheldon because okay. I think I think she's a player who can kind of you know toggle between the the she can be a combo guard, right? Play one, yeah. or two. Yeah. Um, but I think she also fits in with Natasha Cloud and Ariel Atkins in terms of her shooting, in terms of her being a pest on defense. She won't be relied upon to be too, to be doing too much on ball defense. That's why I have her there. And that's the kind of player I think we're both envisioning like a score to a yeah. score. I think I see more of a combo guard rather than a combo wing, but right. I think, I think either way there, there's going to be a perimeter scoring threat that this team needs.
1: Well, I like JC Sheldon. Wow. Now okay. listen, I wasn't even, I wasn't even there with you on that until just now, but I'm all for that. If that's what it is uh, that, that Eric and, and Mike see for the team. I just think that, When you can, like you said, if you can come in and hit the ground running figuratively and literally, like comprehension-wise, because that's a huge piece for WNBA rookies. You're finished with your collegiate season, depending upon how far you go in the tournament, but you don't have a lot of wiggle room in terms of resting your mind and body to be ready to compete and comprehend quickly. Uh, a, A totally new philosophy, right? So... I think J.C. Sheldon. I mean, her motor is always running. I think on both ends, like mentally and physically. You know, I think that would be a, a fantastically intriguing piece if that were to come to fruition for the Mystics. Well, I actually yeah. like
2: that a lot. Thank you. I got roasted. I got a little roasted for that. I'm like, Why? you know what, y'all, because I have a mock draft out. I'm like, y'all, do your own mock drafts, okay? Like, what do you want me? <laughs> <I Basically>, to- <laughs> y'all want me to be real with you about this draft? Are we can be real about this draft really quick. Yeah. I don't know what the heck is happening after yeah. number one. Number number one is Aaliyah Boston. That yeah. is it. That's the yeah. only thing I know of this draft. Everything Beaver. else, you yeah. could tell me anything. Anything can happen after at two. It's like, I, yeah. I have no clue. Like, I have no clue it's going to happen at number two and on. Minnesota? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Haley Jones has been mocked there. But it's like, hey, maybe she doesn't fit necessarily what they're trying to do. But yeah. All
1: time. All time um, scorer at yeah. Iowa State. She just surpassed that this week. I saw that, so congrats to her.
2: Oh, She's Ashley like Jones. Loans. Yeah. Yeah. I I said Haley Jones by then.
1: Oh, you did. Oh. For maybe David's
2: I met. Maybe contest. I said Ashley. No, I may have said Ashley Jones because I was literally looking at Ashley Jones. I was like, man, she could go number two. That could be exactly. really wrong congrats here. Her. But either
1: way, like you don't, you can't lose with either one of them. But I love Haley Jones. Yeah. We have the same birthday. I told you. So yeah, <laughs> oh, we're May
2: babies. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I have my mock draft on if anyone wants to check out yeah. the mock draft. But back to, to Mystics. Yeah. I think it's going to be all right. We'll see. Surely there will be some road bumps. There have been road bumps for this franchise in the past. Uh, I we expect more of them because that's the nature of yeah. business. Um, we'll but I think I think the the Mystics are in a very healthy uh, place.
1: I do too, and I think you know you can't lose. I mean, you're you have a number four pick, but they also have some other you know bonuses in this year's draft too. So we'll see what happens come April. That's when when the true decisions yep. are revealed.
2: Well, I mean, the 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 biggest decision is probably going to come in February. You know what's going to because the the Mystics uh, may end up trading that pick too. Um,
1: do you think they will? I don't think they will trade that.
2: Hey, it depends what's out there, right?
1: That's true, but they did a lot to get it, so I don't think they'll. Yeah, but if, if, that's if we get to that's again just me, no insider. But I just, <laughs> if I work so hard to get it, man, I'm keeping that thing. But if it gets things.
2: me a starting three or, or starting person in the role that we just talked about if it gets a starting veteran like someone we can really trust in that position yeah absolutely trade the pick i don't think Do this it. is you know you i again and i may be wrong and it's going to change a lot by the end of the year i still think this is one of the drafts where it's like you know we have four players here that are superstars superstar right. potential players i don't right. think that's this draft so that's okay. why i would consider trading it but we'll see what happens they have plenty of time to figure that out that'll be Come February, we'll have a lot more knowledge. I um, feel
1: you. Hey, but look, but you know they traded the pick for Shakira Austin, and that turned out very well. So let me let me acquiesce is, off of that, and just we'll just wait it, till February. <laughs> is
2: Derek Fisher anywhere to to trade the Mystics a draft pick? I know. Is, can we find Derek <laughs> Fisher? Get him on the phone. Where are you at? I, hey, we have yeah. a question from JC. Any question. thoughts on uh, Elena Deladon's Nike Airs? The Air della the Air Deladons. The Del- uh, Del- I bought some. I bought some. I don't have them on me. I wish. I could Oh, where are
1: they? Where? They're
2: like, downstairs. Where are they? oh, no, you yeah. want me to get them? Can you?
1: You want to leave? Wait, no, that's weird. It'll just be me sitting here.
2: I mean, you me could talk. Do you have opinions about the shoe?
1: Okay, go get them.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna go get them. Okay.
1: Okay. Oh my God, it's just me. Hey y'all. Um. Yeah, Elena Deladon. first of all, if you're watching, love you. But she has really done a tremendous job, obviously, with her inclusivity, with her shoe ideas and the creativity. Uh, I just love it. So Gabe's running to go get them if you're just popping in here on our live podcast that Gabe left to go downstairs and get shoes. Anywho, um, welcome to Courtside. Anyway, uh, I think that when you have the opportunity like so many women right now, see that didn't take long with so many women right now to be able to have their own shoe. Gabe, I think is, I don't know. It's just extraordinary. The opportunity is just extraordinary. Not only to have your own shoe because we saw Cheryl swoops years ago with her air swoops shoe and how amazing that was. I know across the board, um, in college, we got the shoe, you know what I mean? So, um, Everyone was excited about it being a, a woman, you know. The air swoops—that was a big deal. So Cheryl, swoop, shout out to you. But now we have the air del dons <laughs> that. Gave I didn't a hear life.
2: most of what Christy said, but she's such a professional. Reveal. Just, just kept just kept going, just kept. I was All right, shading
1: so... you the whole time you were downstairs. Oh so. yeah, no. I was giving you
2: some shade. Wait, show uh, him.
1: Let's see. Talk to him. Get so oh these yeah, are... the lime
2: green. These are the limes. Yes, uh, mm. they they okay. are in. Honor of her of her battle with Lyme disease, uh, Um So I love this shoe. Yeah. There's it's it's like a really cool. I don't think it comes through too much. It's like this really cool mint green color. It looks mm-hmm. it looks good with a lot of outfits. Uh, one good. thing, if you're gonna buy the shoe, like mm-hmm. this is not like a scuff mark or anything. That's just how the shoe comes. It has like this dappled sort of thing on on the accents. Okay. Um, I think it. I don't really know shoes that well. I think this one has That's something nice. in its midsole yeah. that makes it a little bit cushiony. So oh. like when you jump, there's like a little release of air. I'm a oh, big, I'm a big those. fan of them.
1: I need um, those. <laughs> Wait, my the, back is set up. I need
2: it. <laughs> the, These are awesome for old people as well. Uh, and for everyone, they, you know, De- Elena's whole thing, uh, yeah. especially when she came out with her, um, there's the universal shoe. Yes, I know
1: ago. Debbie Antonelli had those. Yeah. Yes.
2: It, it's all designed to help people who are differently abled or, or um, yes. to, to play basketball and to be a participant right. in the culture, right? So these okay. shoes, what mm-hmm. you do with them. So here, here's how they look when they're tied. Oh, look but at that. But I don't, these, these, this stays tied. I just take off the Velcro. Ha. And I can pop this down. Actually, this has a little Velcro switch Ooh, right cool. here.
1: Oh, huh, so, look at those with the hydroflux so in the things. Okay.
2: And and then I like at, it. As JC mentioned, the heel collapses a little bit so you can just step on the back and take okay. it off, but it doesn't it doesn't like fold because this back part is a little differently done. So you just slide mm-hmm. your foot in here. Yeah. And you put the velcro on, you're ready to hoop. Um yeah. I need those for so. my kids.
1: So, yeah. They're good for like just sliding that foot in and crushing the back of the shoe and I'm like, what happened to those shoes, buddy? Exactly.
2: That ah. this is this is the exact <laughs> thing, and you could tell like this is like a little bit different mess. you probably can't tell on the camera, but
1: mm, I can still kind of, different
2: mess. that's yeah. really nice looking
1: and then, I, go ahead, honey.
2: I love these just for the rest of it. <laughs> five, have you five stars. them? have you yes, them? I have
1: huh how'd you do? What'd you drop wearing those? <laughs>
2: uh numbers I, I well i did i do have numbers for it. i'm not going to share them they're bad. <laughs> come on
1: this is her hoop stats i know you statted yourself yeah you
2: know, i did stat myself and it's much. not good it's not good <laughs> i stabbed myself so i have an appreciation for basketball players okay i i play Let's basketball myself so i remember how good everyone else is at basketball just so i don't get like too you know you get a little too familiar yeah. in this sport yeah. so if you don't play it sometimes yeah. and remind yourself man yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not that good but I did hoop in them. They they're pretty good. I mean my knee, you know what a big a big thing was? My ankles oh. hurt a little bit because I'm not used to the high tops. Oh um, yeah. Help my knees though. My knees are a little bit better. Uh, that's off good with to that. know
1: for me. That's good to know.
2: You no, know, that's it. That's all those Zelda. stairs at
1: Cole Fieldhouse set me in, honey. You know, ran all those steps. <laughs> College
2: park. Oh cold House. Can you dig it? Mm-hmm. Cole Fieldhouse. house. Um that
1: was me. Running.
2: The yeah, yeah. Elena, if you're watching this, yeah. Uh, Send us some shoes. We're, we're always yeah. Going. Shit, I Over want all of the color. There's there's four colorways. So there's a there's like a rainbow one that's uh, called the Be True. Uh, there's the purple one, which I I think it's the Bu. I forget which one it is. Uh yeah. There's another one coming out later this year, and then oh, I think there's there's two more coming out um, that have to do with the history of the WNBA. I think Calvin Art, Wetzel wrote an article. I don't know where that article how, is.
0: That.
2: Um, but how about Delhi? So. Yeah, yeah, send us send us some shoes. That's a lot of mystics. Man. We got so we got thirty minutes. We got thirty minutes out of mystics. And Dano says, uh, he can't he can't wait to see me wear those shoes when we play it through. Is Christy? Do we get Christy? I what? Am I coaching that or my uh, Chris, Christy? You're you're uh, getting every post touch you want. As much oh,
1: as you don't have to play, then. So <laughs> I gotta make sure I have my del doms on. You know,
2: <laughs> get some well, cryo
1: and uh, get some massage done. You know, watch time. You- so Dan
2: Dano Dano's a big who refuses to play in the post. So maybe you two can just I I'll be the small in the in the in the uh in the post. And then Let's we can see run if
1: Dano wants it. that smoke. If I block one shot, that's I'm good. Like, I'll oh get Dano gone. does
2: not want the Dano does not want the smoke. We want we want I'll you. We're down. recruiting you for R3 three on three team.
1: Oh good. I'm on Games team. Yeah. So Dano, yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get one sent back. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of sent back.
2: Speaking oh my- of sent back. <laughs> Do so, you want to talk Iowa or do you want to talk Notre Dame? Oh,
1: I don't know. You know what? Let's go with the – I mean, let's start with the Notre Dame game and okay. then work our way to what happened with Iowa yesterday against Kansas State.
2: Okay, okay. so tell, tell me about your experience being there, your Firsthand, firsthand look at yeah. uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish with Olivia Miles. First of all,
1: Olivia Miles is the truth. Uh, as a point guard, facilitator, scorer – She's just fun to watch. I mean, a, a couple of times, you know, maybe she didn't score the ball or whatever, but the plays that she was creating mm-hmm. and the passes she was making, I'm like, what in the what? Like this kid, she's only a sophomore, but she is um, well-versed. She is composed, but she's extremely strategic. And what you like to see from a point guard is the ability to set your teammates up. Right. Also, to be able to get downhill like she was able to do and and just really make things tough and put a lot of pressure on the defense so for her to have that balance in her game i i just gave her you know a tip of the hat because it was really fun to watch her in person i would seen her play you know on film prior to the notre dame game but also um last year as a freshman this kid averages like just under eight rebounds a game she had just about eight assists a game as a freshman last year. So coming into this season, you know, obviously with people understanding what your skill set is and understanding what they want to take away and still not finding success with that. I mean, that just speaks to your elite level basketball knowledge, right? You have to be smart. I don't care. Like physically you have to be able, but mentally you have to be smart and you have to be composed. If you are the leader as a point guard, your team is going to feed from that. Right. So I think in speaking with um Lauren Ebo and uh, yeah. KK Bransford um, at their practice, you know, they don't care about their stats. Although they had, well, I Lauren was about had to say, I was about stats. to say,
2: Lauren had a, Lauren had some stats.
1: <laughs> she had a game, honey. but And she had foul trouble too, but she was still able to do it. But they were telling us prior to that game that, you know, we don't care about our stats. We just want to win. Like we yeah. have balance on this team and they actually do. They don't go deep into their bench. And Neil Ivy said, hey, we're going to put players on the floor who are selfless. They have that. We're going to put players on the court who can execute. They have that. So they don't have to have 15 players deep, right, to be able to oh. do what Neil Ivey has charged them to do, and that's represent Notre Dame to the best of their ability. Now, Notre Dame plays Maryland coming up in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. That's going to be a fun game to watch because – Is that here? Oh, I believe it is a way. I believe it's at Notre Dame, but – I don't have it in front of me. Double uh, check me.
2: I know if it, was, Debbie, if it was at, no, yeah, no, it's at, it's at home. If it was in Maryland and Olivia miles was coming, there's absolutely no way. I it.
1: Yeah, no, she, yeah, I thought it was away, but I know Debbie Antonelli's on that call. Cause I just talked to her the other day on the phone. Hey, oh. um, that's my girl, but um, she's calling that game. But I think that's going to be an intriguing matchup between those two teams because outside of Lauren Ebo, they don't really have a tremendous amount of size inside. Mm-hmm. Maryland doesn't really have a tremendous amount of size inside either. I mean, Diamond Miller can play probably one through five, right? Or at least two through four, whatever. But Mm -hmm, they don't really have the size that Maryland teams have had in the past, okay? So, I think for Maryland, the way that I saw them playing defense in that first half anyway against South Carolina, saw that game live, their defense and their ability to mix up their defensive schemes, I thought was really good, but they're going to need that against this team. Notre Dame has balance. They're able to stick shots. I mean... Darren Mabry is uh, as tough as nails, just like her sisters. Oh,
2: no, she she's a Mabry.
1: She's a Mabry. Uh, she's a Mabry. Uh, but she was she was tremendous and picking her spots. I mean, they rotated back in transition and really put pressure on Northwestern. And Mabry was in that corner, just sitting and waiting and just knocking in shots. Man, I mean, she's she's a toughie, too now in defense. She's scrappy, oh. and plays with heart. So they have a really good balanced team and neil Ivey it holds them accountable and yeah. it's just fun the way that they play the game
2: one and, and you know I want I want to look I'm gonna read somebody's this box score because it's a little bit ridiculous, but oh, you look know, this this um, this starting five for them is is experienced and you know you look at the talent here. In addition to Olivia Miles, you mentioned Dar Mabry, uh, you mentioned Lauren Ebo. We have mentioned Maddie Westbo and Sonia Citrone, who was the freshman of the year last year. Although I think Olivia Miles may I, she was not because this is technically her third year at Notre Dame, right? She because yeah, of the COVID half, year, yes. yeah. So yeah, she's she's, she's a sophomore, but she was not eligible last year for the rook, but whatever. So her, her teammate won it. So not right. a big deal. Right? right. Um, but in this, in this game, uh, Olivia miles in 24 minutes, um, without a single three pointer, I might add 21 points, mm. six rebounds, four assists, four steals, mm. uh, only two turnovers mm. there. Uh, yep. nine, nine of nine from the free throw line, which we obviously love around here. Oh. Um, and then Lauren Ebo, as you mentioned, she played 13 minutes. My girl went eight of nine from the field. She sure did. Three of four at the line. Mm. Nineteen points in thirteen minutes. I'm gonna check that. Uh, I don't think that's happened very often. I, I would imagine it's the first no. time it's happened this season in a big yeah. uh, in a big six game, big six conference game. I'm gonna look now. Um, but man, I, I how did that happen? Because I didn't get to watch this whole game. Um, I've seen clips of it, but like, yeah. how did how did she do that in such quick fashion? Was it her getting? Uh, you know feeds from regards, which is something 11 miles does really well or was it just rebounding like what, what happened
1: it was both it was both I mean she just right. wedged herself in there I think at one point I believe it was in the second half she caught a post-entry pass Gabe and just kind of just moved mm-hmm. the defense back and I I think I said on the broadcast I'm glad I'm not playing anymore because <laughs> ouch right she was so strong inside yep. like it didn't matter if it was a post-entry touch that she got, or she created her own touch from the offensive boards, she was just a toughie to deal with in there. I mean, she has great hands, number one, right? You can throw Mm -hmm. it anywhere and she's gonna grab that thing. But she also did a good job getting her position early in the quarter court. So if they were looking for her for entry passes in their offense, I mean, she was able to be above that block, be in that mid-post area where it's really tough to guard. You can go either way when you post up there, okay? Mm-hmm. And she knew that, but most times came baseline with it, got into the body, and was finishing at will at the rim. So I think for her, uh, to do the damage of 19 points in 13 minutes, uh, this is pretty extraordinary, number one. But the fact that she only missed one shot, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean that just speaks to her ability to set herself up early, right? To to take a high percent shots. She knows what she can do well, and boy, did she do it! Um, and she got in foul trouble. Like I said, I mean, she would have been on the floor longer. She probably got at yeah. 30 in, in twenty minutes or something like that because, you know, she got in early foul trouble. I think she picked up two early in the first half, and then got that third one and had to come off the floor. And she, I think she ended up with four fouls. Um, but yeah, she had to come off the floor yeah, because the of board. that because she would have never she would have never come off. I mean, I wouldn't take her out either. No. <laughs> if you're killing like that, like eight for nine, what? Um, but also she was boarding well and you know, just having her experience out there made a big difference. I think, you know, she played at Penn State, then transferred to Texas, and then now this is her, her third stop um at Notre Dame. But I mean, just speaking to her, like I said, I mean, she's she just wants to win. Like, yes, yeah. yeah, that's a gaudy stat line and she <laughs> She produced, but at the end of the day, she wants to win the game. Um, you know, and they're gonna be better for it, they're number nine in the country, you know, as we said, coming into that one.
2: Well, she's getting a heck of an education. Um, just just, you know, going to Penn State, then going to Texas, then going to Notre Dame that's uh, that's three really good institutions, so good for her. Uh, I'm looking at the stats now, according Mm -hmm. to our research tool. Okay. uh this she there this uh whole 20 points in less than 14 minutes thing has not been done since 2018 against a power wow. five opponent wow um and i'm trying to look at the last power five power five matchup and okay. what happened? happened ruggers versus purdue oh no that's a that's a misprint yes. never mind we can move we can move on from that one oh, uh sure. it'd be rashonda johnson in oh, wow. the tournament in a tournament is this the ncaa no no this is a uh this is a thanksgiving tournament oh okay, okay. she had 21 points in 14 minutes yo that's mm. insane come on Also, i kind of i do feel kind of bad right because like if you score mm-hmm. 19 points you should be playing more than 14 minutes like get your fifth foul right like get right. foul out just go right. do it <laughs> um Man, listen, but... i'd be letting people go if i was
1: shooting like that I'd go ahead because i want to stay on the court but no but yeah that's that's ridiculous 21 and 14 minutes
2: so dana I'm, I'm putting up dana's comment he says calling it final four for notre dame wow thoughts on that
1: wow uh sweet 16 run last year um i believe they were 24 and 10 their overall record um i could see that happening i think mm-hmm. they play very disciplined basketball Um, I think they're just one on the defensive end as well. But it's the balance for me. And, you know, they don't have the depth. If there's one thing that I'm – I don't want to say I'm concerned about, but if there's one thing I'm side-eyeing as they trek towards the uh, tournament, you know, at the end of the season, I think it's going to be their depth because you have to have that. I mean, you have to stay injury-free, knock on every piece of wood that you have in your house. Um, But you have to have 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 health. But you also – I think when you get deep into the tournament, you have to have some – some months of of depth. I mean, when we went to the final four, we only had eight players. So I don't really know, like sometimes it can work for you not having the depth (laughs) and you just have to be smart. And, you know, I don't know how we did that. So I don't, I don't advise that for people to have eight players. Like we didn't have practice players. We had our assistant coaches come in and, and um, work with us so we could scrimmage and practices. So, I mean, I get it. So it can be done. It's not impossible. It is more of a challenge. However, when you don't have the depth and you're going to play, a lot of players on a short bench long minutes throughout the season. And that's why I said health is, is the best wealth uh, when it comes to your chances to make, make it to the Final Four. And uh, I know Neil Ivey is, is primed and ready for it. But um, that, that was my only concern. But tactically speaking, yes, I feel that they're definitely a Final Four team early on in the season from what I've seen from other teams as well.
2: Yeah, you'll see. I mean, I had them, I believe. I think They may have been like fifth in my um, uh, oh, ACC okay. preseason rankings, uh, oh. which is which is a little crazy. Um, the would considering talent, but there's just so much talent sure. in the ACC, so yeah. we're gonna see the we're gonna see a lot more of them, as you mentioned. They have the Maryland game, then immediately after they have UConn. Um, so we're gonna, find out, I'm gonna yeah. find out a lot more about the team. Yeah, a lot more about the team. very interesting. We should touch on Northwestern briefly, like first, uh, first year after the Veronica Burton era. um yeah doesn't seem like there's an heir apparent quite yet. Uh, I get, they're, they're a young team, right?
1: They're very young. They had no, eight no. players Gabe, that are freshmen or sophomores for Joe McEwen and his crew. Um, uh, Veronica Burton was at the game. We had a chance to oh, yeah. her at halftime, which is fantastic. Um, had a great rookie season, uh, with the Dallas wings and the WNBA earned a starting position halfway through yep. the year. And I think, you know, that's something that translates to what we were talking about with the mystics. It's like, can you defend like we know you can get a bucket like if you're in the WNBA, you have to be able to get some someone's someone. Yeah. okay okay yeah. Yeah. but can you stop somebody right can you get me a stop like we know hey can you get me a bucket yep check that box can you get me a stop though and a bucket give me a stop and a bucket and, and that's what veronica burton was able to do with the dallas wings um but just super proud of her
2: and northwestern
1: yes and you know the the lineage goes long and and it runs deep there for the burton family her grandfather played football there. mom was a swimmer there. brother like they have a burton center on campus like you know it was a lot of pressure for her to to be who she has become but i mean she revels in that she embraces that she has pride in that and i think that's what sustains and carries her so it's really it's really fun to see these players evolve as freshmen in the big 10 and at Northwestern. And then now after a rookie season where she was tremendously successful with the Dallas wings, I just think it's, it's so much fun to, to watch players evolve like that.
2: Yeah. Well, and hopefully for Northwestern, someone in four year, four or five years, you're telling another story like this where we got (laughs) Northwestern talking to one of the freshmen who grew up into a a really good player. Um, But yeah, it might be, might be tough sailing early in the, right. yeah right. early in this program uh yeah. for Northwestern but yeah Very young. uh you well, played play tough teams to get better
1: that's true um but there were ejections in
2: this game if you didn't watch oh it. right you yeah you mentioned that so what I, I i didn't get to see that what how was so was it one incident leading to four ejections one incident led to
1: three of the four ejections okay. and man i wish i had that piece of paper <laughs> that the officials wrote all of the things that happened in the play, like uh, Joe McEwen got an indirect technical. Uh, and there were so many things. But what happened was there were two players that were in an entanglement on the court. Like it was a chicken wing situation. Right. OK, so it went a little far. Um, no one uh, punched or did anything. Right. But players were pulling people away from each other. So Walsh gets off the bench for mm-hmm. Northwestern and she stands up first right that would have been the indicator to like snatch her back because if you get 10 toes over that Mm sideline regardless of if you touch somebody say anything blah 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 if you physically leave the bench and go onto the floor where a fight could possibly ensue you're ejected so she gets up goes probably two and a half steps Uh, before she got snatched up by a couple of teammates who then, because they got on the floor to get her off, all three of them got ejected. So great, that was the ejection.
2: I'm glad justice was served. Good job, everybody.
1: It was, it was rough. Uh, And and Northwestern was trying really hard to, you Mm -hmm. know, get that traction, trying to get that experience. I said they had eight freshmen and sophomores. And then for that to happen with a minute 13 to go in the second quarter, I mean, it was the right call. It was the right call. And that's, I mean, from the book, yeah, that was the right call. Yeah. Um, and then there were questions like, well, who left the bench for Notre Dame? And the officials took about 10 minutes to examine the entire tape, right, and, and looked at everything. And they would have ejected anyone who came off the bench for Notre Dame, but it was in front of the Northwestern bench.
2: So now I got up so
1: they were down there but i think they got held back you know and we were watching it was right in front of us too i mean obviously we're right at half court (laughs) everything's happening over here so my human eyes were on what's happening right here i'm not like looking around and stands like oh somebody's throwing a popcorn kernel. i'm not looking at all everything else okay because we're broadcasting the game yeah but the officials looked at everything and that's who makes the decisions and the calls so they didn't deem that anyone left the notre dame bench or they to it them too. So let's not take it to the point where, well, who left for who? Who, game? But who, but who the like, hon- would have gotten them? If they did.
2: So Honestly, not me. We, can we? Can we? Can we just like, like I just for, like whatever. If you step on the court, you have a grace period. Just get back. How about that? Let's let's institute some like reasonableness <laughs> into like, hey, who cares if this person got ten toes on under- the bench? yeah whatever shouts to the rest for uh That's messing me- for for taking up our times as per usual we got to talk about what oh. uh, uh one more game and possibly two um iowa stunned oh yeah stunned yeah man one yeah, point in my book 83 84 83 82. in kansas state yeah Kansas state no ayoka lee this year if you recall um and right. they you know they, they took it to iowa and yeah i don't know it's uh it feels pretty disappointing uh and hopefully caitlin clark's already got injured at the end of that game i know Um, i'm I'm gonna be honest i didn't catch all of this game i only started watching it when i saw it was close at the end right um but you know i think it's some of those structural issues that we've talked about with iowa their defense the way they're built Mm -hmm. they struggled with drake the other day um and so it's been a little bit rocky getting off the ground for them Mm -hmm. uh do you think Are you you concerned about them heading into the Big Ten schedule?
1: Uh, I'm concerned, and I'm hoping, like you said, that Caitlin Clark is okay because she means so much to them. Um, Outside of her plus 25 points a game, I mean, she is the assist maker, the initiator on Mm -hmm. offense, and she boards well. So it's like they'd be missing a lot, obviously, of production without her on the floor. So hopefully, again, she's okay. But I just think, you know, Lisa Bluter has said in the past, um, I would say Caitlin Clark's freshman year, okay, we're really great on the offensive end. I mean, we saw games where they were in the 90s and over 100 several times that season. And then that next year, she came back and said, you know, we've got to shore up our defense. And they did that statistically, jumped into the top five or six in the Big Ten in terms of their defensive numbers. So with 11 players returning for Iowa, it's, you know, that kind of continuity, that means something, right? The chemistry that means something, right? And a lot of that is on the defensive end for this team where they, run a lot of triangle and two stuff. They run a lot of zone stuff. Um, they'll mix it up and, and at least the blue is a player to player their man to man defense is, yep. is what it is as well. But, you know, to have these close games early, I think it's going to enhance their competitive spirit and fire going into the big 10. Like they can't come through the non-conference portion of the season in an easy manner and then jump into the Big 10 where six teams in the Big 10 are ranked in top 25 <laughs> and expect anything less than all the other teams best after winning the tournament last year. So, and then bringing 11 players back. And especially so with
2: Caitlin Clark. Especially, especially with Caitlin Clark on your team who not only is the best one of the best players in the conference, probably the best player in the conference getting the most attention in the conference. Uh, which I don't know if you know this. Hey, basketball players kind of have an ego about that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard this before, you uh, and you should. And okay. so, oh, okay. they already don't like her, and then she talks to them the entire time. Yeah. She's scoring thirty plus points on them. Yeah. So everyone's gonna get you're getting everyone's best shot. I, I don't, I just don't think they're ready for it against Drake. Yeah. Which I did, I did watch a healthy portion of that game. I don't think okay. they're ready for it against Kansas State. And man, I, I just think this defense. It's just shaky. I don't know how to get better, um, you know, rim protection. I, I don't think their guards are playing particularly well. I think their communication's yeah. bad. And those are things that you don't want to see when you have 11 returning stars. That shouldn't – if your structural your structural problems are your structural problems, look, like, hey, teams are going to be able to get, get to the rim and right. they have good chances to finish it. It is right. what it is. But you also can't compound the problem with – mistakes that you would make when you're in your first time playing with someone um i i think that's kind of what you know hurt iowa against drake it, it's hurt mm-hmm. them against kansas state yeah and that's something they're going to need to get worked out for when they go up against teams um that perhaps they don't have a great scouting report for right right and yeah. i think when we've seen them lose they do really good in the conference right why hey <laughs> They're really smart basketball players yes they work really hard so i think they have better scouts Mm -hmm. when they get in conference but when they get out of the conference whether it's in the ncaa tournament or early in the year there can be some struggles with teams that on on the defensive end um but still i mean like you know there just has to be there there has to be you know execution and and i hate saying that i hate saying Mm -hmm. that because it's such a cop-out right no Um, it's
1: it's the bottom line it's reality it's reality
2: but go ahead. They're not going to be. I don't, they're not going to be good on defense. My point is, I don't think they're going to be good on defense, regardless. Okay. But they can certainly be better, and they will absolutely need to be better um, to get anywhere close to where they're going, let alone a, a Final Four or a national championship appearance.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think when you, you know, have that level of expectation too, I think that that puts a lot of pressure on you. And not that it's a bad thing; it's actually a really, really good thing. Yeah. Um, to have that pressure and not only to be the one who is targeting other teams, but now to be the one with the target on your back. Now there's a different mentality to that as well. And, mm-hmm. and what that takes to, to sustain uh, mentally. Um, but to be able to know that, embrace that and still come in and dominate, that's the challenge of it all. Okay. And I think that's what I was learning now. And I think it's better that they're learning it now So when they do get into the Big Ten portion of the season, they're more than prepared. They've been battle-tested out of the conference. Um, And like I said, with six teams ranked in the the top 25, you know, night in and night out, those teams are going to be targeting you as well. (laughs) So I don't know if it's like, you know, just change your mentality to this is a new year. Everybody, like, we're all out here. Or to be the queen of the hill, right? And be the ones like, we're up here until somebody decides otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's two ways of looking at that and whatever works for you, use it, um, to your advantage, uh, mentally, because personally I've been on, on both sides of that, right. right. As a player and a coach. So I know, you know, that you have to lock in and stay with the mentality that's going to carry you the furthest, and that's going to sustain you to, um, you know, stay on your course. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what that is for Iowa. Yep.
2: Yeah. No, and, um, you know. Hey, we'll see. I want to give two shout-outs really quick before we oh, move no. off to Iowa. Uh, first is to Megan Gower and Calvin Wetzel. Uh, we did our like podcast preview before the mm-hmm. season. We, yeah. picked, we all picked teams who were going to fall out of the top 10, um, that were in the top uh-huh. 10. So our top okay. 10 teams are going to fall out of the top 10. Okay. Me, being an idiot, picked <laughs> UConn because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and you should yeah. never listen to me. Uh, <laughs> I picked UConn. Calvin picked Tennessee, been correct. Uh and then uh uh shoot. <laughs> um Megan picked uh, Iowa. So uh-huh. They're correct. Good job, good job for wow. them. uh and yeah, I do want to talk about easy fud. Um, I can't pronounce your <gasps> name, I'm sorry, but someone wants to talk about easy fud. But first, uh-huh. I have to complain about someone else's defense because Oklahoma gave up 124 points in yeah. regulation. Yeah, this may be the worst defensive performance. I have ever seen. I don't know what happened. It was bad. No, no, I, I can't tell you mm-hmm. what happened. I watched I watched the I, I was watching. I couldn't I couldn't get past the first quarter because I was like, this is this, I can't, I can't watch this. And they move so fast, and and that's one of the fun things about Oklahoma. Hey, they move fast, running gun, mm-hmm. we're getting shots up. Well, when, when it goes wrong and you're not doing anything on defense to stop somebody, you're gonna have yeah. go 124 points in regulation. It's the most uh, scored in regulation against power 16 in the her hoop stats era which means since 2009 <laughs> come on oklahoma you're killing me we t- i said some real nice things about y'all on this podcast uh, like a month ago and you're killing me 124 points good god yeah uh, yeah hi oh, ball. i forgot. Sorry, I forgot about my <laughs> second shout shout-out. Jeff Mitty. Congrats to to Kansas State. We didn't talk about them enough. Yeah. Good for them. They had a great party. Yeah. But Oklahoma, tell me about their defense. Tell me. I I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do.
1: Yeah, or lack thereof. I mean, I think sometimes, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think sometimes when you are um, playing and coaching, but I think obviously. When you're playing, it it matters more, I, I believe, because you're on the floor and you can do something about it physically. Um, but I think when the game is getting away from you like that, um, it's it's difficult to mentally recover from that. And, and maybe it's, well, you know, this just isn't our night. And maybe you decide that too early in the game and, and don't punch back. Yeah. Like if you're getting punched in the jaw, you know like uppercut, like doozies, like to the grill, and you don't respond, like, no, it's not your night, but you got to do something about it. And I don't know if it's a tactical adjustment, and I'm not saying that Oklahoma didn't do anything tactically to adjust to the onslaught and avalanche of offense, but I think it's up to – The players, like, I don't care if you change to a press or take the press off or go to a box in one, somebody's killing us, switch it. And maybe that doesn't work either. But as a coach, I know when I felt the team sinking and with the body language of the players, maybe not being so great, Mm -hmm. I'll call a timeout and just change something. (laughs) So we're not just going out doing the same thing. Change something. And if that works for a possession or two, boom we're gonna do it because i mean i've thrown kitchen sinks out yeah. you know as a coach like I, I, we're not gonna sit here and just take it and no, even I, if it's not working like i'm gonna change it and that didn't work okay we're gonna change it and that's not working we're getting killed sure but i'm not i'm just not gonna sit there and get pummeled like just it just well i, I don't think i don't
2: know i don't know what you could try to do because it was like there was no scheme it was it, yeah. like they would try you know i yeah. felt bad i felt bad because <laughs> i was like hard i put i put batty hard. williams in my mock draft and I was like, I was like, all excited to watch it. And they give up 124 points. I was like, Maddie, you gotta be kidding me, man! Like, I need you to be good on defense. Like, you know. And and so yeah. I'm watching her, and like, I don't know. It must have been 20 possessions. I I was watching on on, on synergy, and it was uh, yeah. like, yeah, she must have been denying. She denied the pass to the wing
1: mm-hmm. and got
2: beat back door because none of her teammates were helping her. Ah, uh, yeah like, six or seven times. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know yeah. who. Right? I don't know whose fault that is. It's like, I'm guessing if she's if she's denying that pass, it's mm-hmm. because she's been told to. Yeah. So, where's your help? help? Where's your communication? Yeah. And then, and then I think their competitiveness fell because of that. I, I think it is easy for that to happen, right? When it's like, well, I've done my job, and now no one's behind me. Yeah. And my teammate just screwed me. And it's like, th- those are the types of things that I feel, that's why it makes defense so frustrating. Yes. Offenses. It's like, yeah. If it's not there, everything else falls apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The trust on, the, on offense falls apart.
1: There it the is. Way
2: the way your communication falls apart. Everyone starts getting mad at each other, particularly when the problems are in the defensive end. If you're missing <laughs> shots, it's frustrating. But yeah. you, you can live with it, right? You miss shots. But defense, man, yeah. that killed me. I was, I was mad about that. I was, yeah. I was hot about that with Oklahoma. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think it is, like you said, I mean, that was the bingo word for me, trust. Like, you have to be able to trust your teammates – you know, defensively. But I think yeah. also you have to trust yourself. I was going to say that first. That you have to trust yourself first, yeah. right? Am I executing defensively, okay? And then when I'm executing defensively, my teammates need, we need to be on the string, right? Yeah. We got to be on the same chain out here because one link is off that chain and the entire defense breaks down. We can't have it. And when it continues to happen, it is. That's a backbreaker, and it is a backbreaker for coaches because it's like, no, we know you need to be up the line. Like you mm-hmm. have to be ready and help. You can't be hugging on the weak side. You got to get off. So these are all things clearly that I've said <laughs> a,
2: thousand, a million right? times. It's, yes,
1: it's rolling off of my tongue, but um, but yeah, when you see that and it repeatedly happens, I mean, it really takes the wind out of your sails. And it is again, it's up to the players to execute. It's up to the players to understand. Um, what it takes. And if you don't get it three times in a row well, that fourth time, you better be really trying harder, right. To get that done because that's what we need to happen and not necessarily to win the game, but to be better, right. You can, you can lose the game, but play hard and improve yourselves for the next game that can happen, but it doesn't happen when you give in to the moment of being like just uppercut to death. Um, you can't give in to that and that's the whole challenge of, of the game of basketball. It's a, a life lesson, right? You're just gonna stand yeah. there, you're not gonna move and, and you can't I don't know. Don't let me just go ahead game because I'm gonna start preaching and I I don't want to no I get, get it. I get it. I felt the same way just I it happened. I
2: was yeah. yelling at my I was yelling at my computer screen watching that. And then I like the, the reason why is because I like you Oklahoma. I like you same. be better. Same. So I can like you more same. Same. in March. Yeah. All right. I okay, let's. We got to talk about a few more things. I had some other things <laughs> on the list, but we do have to talk about AZ FUD. Uh, because yeah. I just said, as, as always, UConn proves Gabe wrong again. <laughs> uh, they they hammered Texas. Um, they did. I, actually, yeah, what was the final score that I'm trying to look a, a Eighty-three to seventy-six. 83 yeah. yeah, eighty-three seventy-six. man. Yeah, and, and second game of the season for them. And just yeah, AZ FUD uh, mm. 32 points. She had a crossover, Fair. man. I put, it, I put it on TikTok at in order. Follow me on TikTok. Yeah, she had a crossover, sure. and she had the defender on the sideline like this. <laughs> I I know.
1: Like, she made her touch earth. Az made the girl touch earth. Honey. She made.
2: Like, was, oh! was, she looked like she was going on a slip and slide. No, yeah. it was Az. It was uh, she, you know, I said I said I was worried about UConn's uh, point guard situation, yeah. and I was worried about some other things with UConn. Well, hey, uh, that's all better because Az Fudge's just a superstar, as we knew yeah. she would be um, yeah. eventually. Uh, did, I, did you get to watch a lot of her performance? I did.
1: I did. Um, And I saw Katie and Tim there, her parents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Those are my my people. Um, But I saw them sitting there and they were just so proud. And at the end of the game, it was just I don't know, maybe it was four or five of her shots were just so definitively. um, I don't know. So definitively dominant. Yeah. Okay. Um, She wanted those moments uh, at the end of that game. She knew that the team needed her to step up in that capacity. And not only did she acknowledge that the team needed her, but she acted on it and executed it. So for me, I was like, you better go ahead, AZ. Another sophomore, we were talking about Olivia Miles earlier, but only a sophomore. AZ FUD wasn't 100% healthy last year, missed a chunk of games, especially at the beginning of the season, but then came along strong. Obviously, they made a run to the final four, but You know, without the services of Paige Beckers this season, you heard Gino Arema say, hey, AZ, we need you to be you and Paige all at the same time. And she's like, "Okay, you know, and went out (laughs) and did that 32 point performance. But I just think for her, her ability to to make great passes, I know she turned the ball over a little bit in this game, but I digress. The plays that she was able to make down the stretch changed the seven turnovers. Yeah, we weren't going to give exact, but we are her hoop stats, but she turned it over a little bit, but all those kind of happened in the first half. She had six of the seven in the first half, so she self-corrected in the second half. Uh, I think I heard Rebecca Lobo say she had six at at the halftime wrap-up thing. Anywho, so she only had one in the second half, and so I think the second half for AZ FUD and for Connecticut, for that matter. Um, really showed and proved what this UConn team could be this yep. season against a team like Texas, who we knew was going to come in with yep. some staunch defense. Te- Texas,
2: no Rory Harmon, by the way, just just in case you didn't watch it. That's- There's no Rory. No. That's- and as Dano points out, Dano did point out. What did Dano say? Te- Texas did cover without Rory Harmon. Oh, uh, see. Uh, and good teams win. Great teams cover the spread. Ha
1: Texas,
2: Texas, Texas uh- was great. Texas um is a great team you're right but sorry i i No, you're
1: good for, for no you're good i i think you know for texas i thought you know we we thought last week or whenever we had our last pod that um texas was going to come in and really have a um a grinded out defensive no. battle against this yukon team which i think it was for the most part but when it came time to get those stops that they needed down the stretch az FUD just said no ma'am and just totally dominated the moment um and Gino Ariema said, you know, that was a, a first-team All-American performance. That was a player of the year Absolutely. performance by AZ Pud. I mean, um, and he said, just watch out for her this year. I'm telling you, she's different. She's not the same kid as she was last year. She's healthy, and she's ready to go. And we're like, all right. And remember, we said that on the pod. Like, let's see if that mm-hmm. is what is going to happen in this Texas game. And sure enough, there it was for everybody yeah. to see, honey. She was, yes, she was doing it. AZ well, that's Pud it. Pud was doing it. Tuesday. It's
2: really great to see uh, UConn get a player like this. You know they just haven't yeah. had, haven't had many players like this. And it's nice to see the wealth being mm-hmm. spread across college basketball. Like you know, not all the great players play on one team. Sorry, just, just a little mad that I have to continually say that I'm wrong about UConn. Uh, but shout out to Flood, obviously DMV. Here. Yeah, um, shout out we, DMV. We we scrimmaged her uh, little brother yesterday. Who Hi. hey, turns out he's pretty good too. Jose, um, hey Jose. Yeah. Even <laughs> where's where's number thirty five too i um, all 35ers. It's Katie's okay. number,
1: Katie Fudd. Hi. Yeah, that's her. Oh, really? She went to Georgetown, yeah. Oh, NC okay. State so to- she went to Georgetown, but then, yeah. I so
2: the number comes from Katie Fudd, not from Kevin Durant.
1: I don't think Kevin Durant is in that mix, but I could actually ask Katie when we get off of here, because I'm yeah, using my phone or else I would text her right now, but I, I'm using my phone for this whole pod, so. Shooter but she was shooting. 35. She was number 35 at NC State. She was Rookie of the Year yeah. at um, at NC State for Kay Yao back in the day. Katie Fudd, yeah. Katie Fudd's mom. So she transferred after that one year at NC State and went to Georgetown and, and did major numbers there as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she played at Madison High School in, in Virginia. So
2: Oh, she went to Madison? Okay. I didn't know, yeah, her, I know, I know her, her father, Tim, went to Chantilly because that's... Uh, he did. That's, His uh, number, her...
1: too, by the way.
2: Yeah, he does. He does in yeah. Chantilly. He went to America. Uh, yeah.
1: Anyway, we're DMV, telling the a- D- whole life story. Hey, AZ, telling- it's a DMV it's
2: history done. though, really. Like, it's a DMV history lesson. Uh, good, great, great. Shouts to the family, uh, yeah. the, the FUD family. Um, yeah. shouts to AZ though, even though I'm a little mad at you for making me look <laughs> stupid. Shouts to Nika Mall, also nine assist. Two Nika, ball. man, she's yeah. tough. Bro. She's I mean, so she mad. had one, she had one play. I might need to post it. It yeah. was, yeah. she rips through, yeah, and holds her triple threat harder than I think anyone's I've ever seen. Like, some, I forget who it was for Texas. It might have been Shayla Gonzalez. Like, you know, okay. uh, I think uh, Nika gets the ball top, like in the slot waiting for the, the movement. And Shayla mm-hmm. puts a hand in there. And Nika just takes the ball and smacks her arm away, you know, like trying to move her <laughs> out of the way. And Shayla got out yeah. of the way before it was a foul call. But it was like so fast and a mean, and she brought it right back in front of her face. And I was like, yo, this, yeah. this, this girl's going to start a fight someday and I'm here for it. Uh, I yeah. got her back Uh, because I really love her but you know hey I think for UConn great win you know they're not where they want I'm sure they're not where they want to be yet but they're looking a lot better than uh, what I said they would look like so I'm wrong yeah Gabe's wrong (laughs) but you
1: know they had a lot of injuries I mean obviously Paige being out too for the for the season but she did say she was going to return for the next season so Mm -hmm. she'll get a chance to play with AZ and AZ's junior year and what (laughs) could possibly be Paige's senior year, depending on what her decision is after next season. But yeah, you know, they they were losing bodies. They were down to what, eight or nine healthy kids. Um, but I think, you know, Nika Mool, she was like, oh my God, there was this picture of Nika on, I think it was the UConn's um, Instagram page, but she had this eight, I don't even know. Maybe it was after that rip-through sequence that you were just talking about. That's and I mean. um, she had that, like just, you're not messing with me today like just stop trying like but you <laughs> she know she was just I, so determined like her face was like <laughs> i, it was I saw part. her at,
2: at the uh finals her and az and and the uconn team rolled up to the the finals in connecticut she uh, had okay. the same face yeah. you know Always. it was like she, she was like i'm getting to my seat like get out of my way i was like <laughs> <laughs> girl girl purpose she's got she's got the juice like that is <laughs> that is a player that absolutely has the juice uh in that way yeah. and yeah, you Nika's know, gonna have a big year. Good for, yeah. good for you, Con. Good for them. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. They never, they never win, they never win things in women's basketball. So it's nice to see them win things in women's basketball. All right, <laughs> back to it. We 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 ran a little long, so oh. we didn't get to talk about this game a little bit. But I do want to. I'm gonna force us to make a pick here. Okay. Number one, South Carolina at yeah. number two, Stanford, Sunday, yeah, 3 p.m. Yeah. ABC. Who you got? Ar- or do you Ar- want Ar- you can always you can always send it back to me if you want me to go first. But who? You no,
1: I know what I'm doing. I'm actually very like on it right now. I'm going with South Carolina, and the reason I'm going with South Carolina is because I saw them live here um, when they played Maryland a couple of uh, weeks ago or last weekend, and um, for me, and I haven't seen Stanford in person, but I've seen them uh, play the season. Love their game. Love what they're able to do. Yeah. I just think South Carolina is gonna. Just terrorize them. <laughs> and when I say terrorize, I think they can throw so many different variations of South Carolina basketball at you in terms of the lineups that it's going to be really tough. And I know Tara Vanderveer and Don go way back to USA basketball and the Olympic team and, and 96 and, and all of that. So there's reverence there. I know they have history in the final four you know, when Aliyah Boston missed that shot two seasons ago and Stanford won the whole thing, but then last year South Carolina won the whole thing, you know, to bring it on back home. But for me, this South Carolina team, some teams go four out, one in. This South Carolina team can go four in and one out. They're huge. <laughs> Ami here is phenomenal. I love she's, that Christy. she's she's a, a mismatch, nightmare. Ami here is the one for me. Number 15. If you don't know who she is, for me, right, I'm
2: like on the World Cup too
1: what do you do with that? Like for me, I'm like, what do you do with a player like that? Not only like what you're going to do defensively against a player like that. Cause she's a challenge. She's going, she's a, she's going to fly around and get to the offensive boards. She's going to fly around and get to the defensive glass. She's going to take you to the rack. Her first step is ridiculous, but what are you going to do with her? Like defensively, like she's going to be, she can play probably all five positions. Defensively.
2: Oh, you let her shoot. Yeah, well, yeah. But so as my, yeah. to me, South, if South Carolina, I tell them Don't y'all take as many jump shots as you want. They're shooting better this year, though, so that's They're... becoming a problem very quickly because Zia Cook's actually hitting some of her shots this year. She is, um, she is, she hit
1: some, yep.
2: And and that's huge. I mean, that's that's such a relief, yeah. man, just to see her hit some shots. I mean, it's not, it's still not great, but at least yeah. she's hitting her threes and, and seeing them go in. Um, but yeah, all right, I'm a, I'm gonna I I agree to be honest. You do. I, I agree. I think st- I think I would pick South Carolina. <laughs> However, here's my thing. Oh, oh. so you're
1: not agreeing with me.
2: No, I'm going to give the case for Stanford because I do think there's a, there's a really, there's a pathway to, okay. to them winning first off, because they're a really good team. All okay. right. Secondly, um, I think South for South Carolina, they've been here how good everything is, right? Like how great y'all are championship doing the NIL stuff, doing your your, pro, your promotion. They had a big, they already had a big game on the road at Maryland they probably have to hear a lot about Maryland. You want to know what South what Stanford has heard since they lost in the in the Final Four last year? What? South Carolina. South <laughs> Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina. This game. This game. This game. This game. This game. This game. And they have the talent to stand up to a team like South Carolina because they're also super big. They are big. And they I think I just, you know, look at hey, if South Carolina's in shots, it's over. We we can go home. Um, but I think there's a there's a good pathway to them playing like they did last year mm-hmm. in South Carolina mm-hmm. um, and bringing that over into Stanford where they have the home, the home court advantage and just being able to get South Carolina in a motion, um, being able to move their bigs around, forcing everyone to defend right. the entire floor. I think that's going to be huge for them um, and, and getting, lo- getting some shots loose. I think their defense mm-hmm. has enough strength and it'll really come down to, hey, is, K- is Cameron Brink in the game and she's not fouling? Um, is she able to stand up to Aliyah Boston and make her shots tough so yeah. that you can, you can still sag in, but you don't have to completely collapse as a defense and really open up not only shots, but driving lanes as well. True. Um, so I, I think they can do that. Uh, mm-hmm. do I think they will do that? No. <laughs> Uh okay (laughs) i'm not betting against south carolina until further notice um (laughs) but if i had to if i had to pick one stanford i mean it's obvious it's easy to say because they're number two team in the country but i think stanford really does match up well for them and and it'll just be a matter of hey who's making their shots and who's not turning the ball over and who makes their free throws man period both both teams struggle with free throws which that's true my that drives my wife crazy. I don't think anything, <laughs> nothing I do certainly drives her more crazy than seeing players miss shots, miss free throws. True, indeed. I tell oh, I, t- awesome. I tell her sometimes I'm like, yeah, she's shooting like 63%, and Emily freaks out. She's like, that yeah. shouldn't be possible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love Emily. oh.
2: <laughs> she loves free throws. She just yeah, loves free throws. Right there. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So we both got South Carolina on that one. Huge feast sweep. Just an awesome slate. Uh unplugged, yeah. previewed it uh the yeah. other day. Yeah, Um, it's going to be
1: fun. It's going to be a great game, period. And I know, I mean, Stanford, like you said, is going to give them a run. But I just, the way South Carolina was playing, man, they just, they're so in sync with one another. Don Staley has that train rolling. And first of all, they travel well. Those, she calls them FAMS, F-A-M-S. Like the fans are FAMS. Yeah. And Dawn, give her so much credit, after that Maryland game, she stayed after for like maybe 45 minutes taking pictures with everyone. Not just the South Carolina fans, but fans from Maryland, <laughs> including me. Because I played against them. So it's like I, I love Dawn. But just to see the women's game yeah. at that level where fans and fams are traveling across the country and, you know, regionally to Maryland, but I'm sure they're going to be out there at Stanford. Um, to see that for women's basketball is, I don't know, it was, it was moving to me to see that. It was awesome to see that. Um, so I'm just super proud of her. She knows it, I told her that um, when I squeezed her up after the game. Um, but just to kind of be a fly on the wall and watch these little girls go up to her and be like, oh, can I have a picture? They have posters made with Dawn on it and the team on it. And I was just kind of standing back and observing. I mean, this is her hoop stats, right? I mean, yeah. her hoops, like women in basketball. I mean, the game has just grown leaps and bounds, but to be in that moment, regardless of the game, whether they won or lost, she would have been right there in the midst of all those fans and fans and, and those little girls who are watching with huge eyes, you know, I was just watching all of it. And it was just simply amazing to see. So bravo to, to Dawn Staley in South Carolina, win, lose or draw, listen the game is growing because of you and what you're doing um, to just enhance the experience and to have more eyes on the game. The game has always been great, but now, wow, everyone is having the opportunity to see it, and it's just really exciting. Um, it's exciting times for our young girls who are watching and young boys, too, because they, they have respect and reverence now um, yeah. for a game that's right in front of them. So, you know, kudos oh, to the South Carolina for traveling. I mean, it was... And kudos for Dawn. You know, she wanted to leave, I'm sure. She, she was like, there's a storm coming in South Carolina. We got to get going, you know. But she was yeah. taking pictures and, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies. And, you know, it was it was a beautiful sight to see, to tell the truth. Like, yeah.
2: Well, one more thing before, was- uh, before we sign off and say okay. bye to the courtside crew. You all were amazing. Oh, we got to put Chiquita up here. What's up, Chiquita? Hey,
1: doing? Chiquita. She is She's a living a- legend.
2: Living legend. Yeah. Living legend. She's the Beyonce
1: um, of, of women's basketball. I'm giving her that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Don, we have to run that by Don Staley. We yeah, we will run absolutely. that. We have to run that by Don Staley at some point. She's if fine. anyone can contact her, let her know that she's she a fiance of, of women's basketball. But I, I did want to point out, like, my, you know, I was talking to my team last night. We were talking about AZ um and and how great she is. And you yeah. know, everyone appreciated it. So it's nice just to see like it is getting into, you know, the the realms that we are not, right? That, yes. that we have not been traditionally, and more and Oof. more people are paying attention to our game. Yeah. And Saturday, hope. I mean Sunday. And abc 3 p.m will be another huge uh showcase for that and hopefully it's just yes. a great game and I, I think i think it will be I um too. that's it for me christy uh for me too yeah you want know, to you want to you want to take us out here
1: yeah we'll take us out of here hey they're cutting the lights out on us again people but we're gonna be back next time to bring you more right here on court side on the her hoop stats podcast network for my guy gabe wait for my there it is there it is side for my guide Gabe Ibrahim. I'm Christy Winter Scott and we will see you next time.
2: I uh, see you.